All right, welcome to Against the Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with heel producer Jim Cunningham. Oh, I know you're excited, Jim. I know you are. We have today, we've ditched the degenerate trifecta, and we brought back a duo. They really do go at each other's throats. We tried this a couple years ago, and it was one of my favorite podcasts ever. Even setting this booking up, they went back and forth on text, and it was, I mean, it's like Felix Unger and Oscar Madison, really crazy. But without further ado... Former two-time WWE champion, eight-time Intercontinental champion, two-time U.S. champion. It goes on and on. Tag team titles. He and his family. You can see them every week on Miz and Mrs. Mike the Miz Mizanin and former head writer of Monday Night Raw and now Big Shot Television executive at Seven Bucks, Miz's arch nemesis outside the ring, Brian Gewertz. What's happening, guys? Hey, did you see Brian's tweet, by the way, before WrestleMania? Like, no, I don't my think friend. I my friend, Brian, Brian literally puts out like, I wish everyone a safe and happy and healthy WrestleMania, dot, 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 even The Miz. Oh. Even the Miz. As much as it pains me to say that. Yeah. Like, gee, thanks. As opposed to, <laughs> except for The Miz. And by right, the way, that's I true. like your background. I like that you um, supported Bobby Lashley and got an official Bobby Lashley title belt. In the background, oh, I love your background of all Met stuff. Like, come no. on, you couldn't be a real New Yorker over there. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sal and I are wall brothers. Sal gets it. That's true. I have the orange stripe though, which adds yeah. about uh, oh, 30, cool. 37 dollars of value to us. Uh, there's to only the two. Uh, there's only seven panels from Shea Stadium with the numbers on them, and Sal and I account for two of them. And you're the only two that really care about that information <laughs> as well. I got my number twelve Lindor jersey on just for you. I yeah, I you know, we we had Franklin, you know, he was amazing, he was incredible. And now I feel once he leaves, like what what Cleveland Indians do, does is they bring people up. We have right. prospects that we bring people up, we make them, and then you shell out a ton of money for them and they don't produce what they're doing. How's Kluber doing for you, Sal? Uh yeah, I, for me, I don't he's not doing anything for me. <laughs> You're wearing a New York Yankees cap. <laughs> no, it's you? a Met hat. I just try to jazz it up with the with the Dodgers colors. But no, I'm all Mets too. It's Brian, Brian and I. But what what memorabilia? Your big Cleveland Indians, Browns. If you could have any memorabilia from either of those stadiums, what would you choose? Uh, I, I would want the Municipal Stadium, of course, and uh, I would probably want like a seat from like the first base side because I remember when I was a kid, my dad and I, we mm. used to go to the Municipal Stadium. Like I'm talking, I was maybe like seven, eight, nine, ten. We would go before the doors even opened, and we would wait out there nobody would be in line because nobody went to those games and it, it held like a hundred thousand people maybe a thousand showed up so we'd buy like two dollar seats and literally sit right on the first base side i'll never forget i was uh we were playing the yankees and uh the first baseman not don mattingly of course uh <laughs> the ball came over and he missed the ball he ran over and he gave me a baseball and it was my first baseball I've, I was ever given. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Really? Another guy that I remember uh, I had a program and people would come over and autograph. And I was there honestly, almost every day, like every time we had a home game, my dad and I would go hmm. uh, Mark Lewis. Do you remember him? Cause you probably don't cause you're not a Cleveland guy, but he was like a utility guy. He wasn't really a big, huge star or anything, but he would always come over and he'd always autograph for me. And I'll never forget that. So I would want like a, I guess maybe just a, a seat from the first base side because that's where we always were. That's I feel like we could do that, right? I mean, isn't that very doable to get Miz a seat from the first base side? Um, of the municipal Miz, stadium that's been gone for like twenty years. I think I we can get so. it. We'll so find is, it. Is it weird for you, Miz? In all seriousness, that the best memories of Cleveland Indians that you have growing up is from a fictional team from the movies. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, because uh, they made the movie for us. And honestly, I feel like the Indians are that team that's always in the playoffs, are always winning, and they just haven't gotten the big one yet. You know, we lost to the Cubs, uh, you know, a couple years ago, and, I, and that no, was very heartbreaking. Uh, Adonis just crushed us. I thought we were actually going to win that game, um, but we didn't. I remember I was on a flight to, I think it was like Abu Dhabi, and Nemeth and I are sitting, or Heel Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, um, mm -hmm. we were sitting next to each other and we were listening to my Sirius XM and I was able to get it on the plane, so, but it kept cutting out. So if you remember that game, game seven, 
Like it was going to like, I think extra innings. It felt like, I think we were in extra innings and uh, we were like hitting the ball. We were, we were, I thought we were going to win and then it would go out. So we'd be like, Oh my God. And there's the man. <laughs> and we'd be like, Oh my God, what just happened? What just, and me and Dolph are in this plane going, Oh my God, what just happened? Did we win? Did we lose? What happened? And we ended up losing, but Man, it was it was a whirlwind of a ride that season, and I think they always are a team that has great coaching, great upbringing. Like they know how to bring up like really good talent and make them into something. I think Sybil is going to be uh, a, another star uh, pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. Um, I actually have him in the League of Leagues because I'm smart mm. like that. But um, but yeah, man, it's it's interesting. How are you guys doing in the League of Leagues right now? By the way, I and baseball. Baseball. Wow. we're talking baseball. Well, okay. Well, you should understand what the League of Leagues is. You know, it's this three-sport league that covers baseball, basketball, and football. Right. That Sal and I won the initial year That's that right. it came, despite playing Who won last year. I think, well, last year is being, you know, it's like a month and a half left in the NBA season. And Who that won the last complete season, Brian? You and I did. You, wait, who? Me and what? Wait, I, well, I, I think you just confused I mean, everyone. You technically, you technically won, but just like the Zoom, every two seconds, it was like, how do I make a free agent move? Like there's literally an email explaining how to make a free agent move. How come I didn't miss the, how come the deadline happened? There's literally an email explaining. So like I basically was your co-GM because every single question that you had, that was explained in full detail multiple times across many emails i had I to feel like this is what you do with sal like that's the only only bit of knowledge that you give is like technology knowledge you don't really have any knowledge <laughs> about sports baseball basketball true. football you're just the guy that sits on the computer and goes wait i should i should pick this guy i should get this guy sal gee you think so this you're guy is incorrect wait let me just say i want to give Ms. a call i think this might not come off as a compliment but brian if you would have guessed in Ms.'s tenure here in the League of Leagues, which is a, a, it's a ludicrous league. I mean, the fact that you only win like 4000 you should win $50,000 for this because it takes up you really every should. second of, of your time. Oh, it's ridiculous because there's no such thing as a trade that can't go down. So for you and I are just in a football league, Miz, and I say, I need wide receivers. And you're like, well, I need wide receivers too. So we're screwed. No, there's none of that here because I could trade you a catcher for a for, you know, a backup running back or something. The possibilities are endless, so there's endless amount of time put in. But I will say, Brian, if I if you had a bet, Miz is either going to come in first or last place, and both are even money, and one of them is going to happen. You definitely would have said last place. You would have thought he'd lose interest, he'd kick ass in football, and not pay attention to everything else. So hats off, very busy guy. He's on flights to Abu Dhabi every three days. I think he has finished in first and last place because the year before oh. he won, I think he was in. That's not true. Place. I didn't come in last. No, I've never come in last. That that's a complete lie and a fabrication. That that's what you do, Brian. You're a liar. And <laughs> I tell the truth. And if you want to hear the truth, I won last year, last full season. And mm -hmm. the year before that, I think was my first season. And right. I, think I, I can't, I was in the middle. Like I wasn't in the top. I wasn't in the sure. bottom. I was right in the middle. This is honestly an easy league full of dummies. And, really? Uh, agree I look at it and I go, this is a cakewalk. So especially the fact that you can trade like NBA players for football and basketball, like this year, I knew I wasn't going to win the whole thing. And if I'm not going to win the whole thing, I'm done. Like I was in third place. I was, I was in the money rankings and I gave up. I said, I didn't even give up. I said, I'm going to concentrate on next year. So I'm going to call Brian because Brian's the easiest target. And I'm just going to take all of his keepers and for next year. And then I'm going to set myself up. And right now I am set up to win this entire league for this year because I either win or I don't care. I hate that part of it, though, because you can tank at the end of the year and you're giving someone else the title, right? What was the big, you big the deal? title, Are you, or at least you should have the title, but you're not going to get it. I don't We're like it. Brian I mean, on your side. I don't like it. Brian, so, Brian, you're claiming that there should be an asterisk by Mrs. Wynn because it was a COVID year and it'll never go down like like the way we You know what? We'll give Mrs. year. I mean, actually, we're going to win the COVID year one because oh. it has to. So, yeah, you <laughs> can put an asterisk, <laughs> asterisk on yours. Oh, forget uh -huh. about that then. Yeah, yeah, forget I said anything. But we'll be two-time champions. That's fine. Just like Miz is a two-time WWE champion. And so right. Let's talk about wrestling and WrestleMania. Miz, I have to think if uh, Brian's tweet hurt your feelings, um, getting pinned by a civilian in front of many millions must have really devastated you. 
who was it? It was Bad Bunny. Uh, got the point. I love one, that you're, two, you're, you're, you're playing your age there, Sal. Bad uh, Bunny might be one of the biggest names in the world right now. There's The Rock. There's Bad Bunny. Like right. honestly, this guy is huge. Well, he's not a he wrestler. Is, uh, yeah. a, one of the biggest recording artists out there. Just won a Grammy. Musical <laughs> okay. guests on SNL. Like yeah. did the Super Bowl with Shakira and J Lo. The guy right. is a huge, huge superstar. He right, but if you, work, got, if you got pinned by Elton, if you got hit, pinned by Elton John, it, it would be. Um, yeah, I mean, what? What? So he he won <laughs> a Grammy. Be an honor I get to be pinned by Elton John. Are you kidding me? That, oh. I mean, he's a huge name. But hey, let's put it this way. People have said that this was the best celebrity match at WrestleMania in the history of WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And right. we all know that it doesn't take one person to make that match. It takes the entire crew. And mm -hmm. I will put it on Damian Priest. I'll put it on John Morrison, myself, and Bad Bunny. We created a match that literally got people not only talking, but saying that it could be the best match of WrestleMania. Like when people even put you in that category, Right. That's a huge honor and a huge statement. And uh, did I get pinned? Sure, I got pinned. Brian was probably clapping, had his popcorn in his mouth in his stupid Mets room, <laughs> just cheering up a storm. But the thing is, he he put in the work and he earned my respect. Uh, is that satisfactory to you, Brian? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I want I agree with Miz. I think that was the best celebrity match in the history mm. of WWE. I agree. You know, in all seriousness, it doesn't take one person. It takes two, in this case, four, to make it really good. And Miz did everything, um, you know, like Bad Bunny doesn't look as great as he does without Miz's contribution to the match. I don't like the but, way this is heading. This is there's no friction. But here's, but here's okay. the thing. Here's yeah. the interesting thing. Basically, and this has been talked about, this is like widely, and this might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing. But essentially, Miz, what you've done is essentially ruin celebrity matches mm. for the next... At least 10 years because, I mean, like Sal, yes. this is how Sal and I met. Sal came aboard like 2007, 2008. Yeah. He had a perfectly good match with Santino on SmackDown. Thank you. And Sal, he won. He did the airplane spin. He did a suplex. He sold. And if he did that tomorrow, the audience would crap all over it. They would? Bet, bet, yes, because it, you didn't do a Canadian destroyer. You didn't do a dive outside onto the ring like Bad Bunny did. Bad right. Bunny, essentially, that match is like the Heath Ledger of celebrity wrestling matches in mm -hmm. which like, you have to wait 10 years before you could try that again because it's going to pale in comparison to... Not yeah, Robert. that sucks. When, when you were head writer of Monday Night Raw and we had a guest host each and every week, who would you yeah. put with that guest host? Jericho. Oh, and? And Big Show. And? <laughs> Um, Literally, oh, it was a revolving door of it was either Jericho, big, no, it was either Jericho or me, to be completely honest with you. And literally, like, it was always like Jericho and I would talk and we would go, Yep, I wonder who's getting it today. Who's going to get well, the, think, the celebrity today? But, how do you think poor you know, Al Sharpton feels now that he, you know, like, like he can't do what you guys did with Bad Bunny? Like, all the celebrities, poor Al Sharpton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, the man, you know, was a guest host for one week for some reason. Yeah. And now, like no celebrities can come on and and possibly compete with that. I mean, I, I, guess it's a double I, think, I think we set the bar, and now it's for every celebrity, sports star, whether you're a sports star, musician, actor, athlete, doesn't matter. Like you come into WWE, and you got to mm -hmm. bring it. I mean, that's the type of entertainment that we bring on a on a weekly basis. We don't stop. It's nonstop. We're always evolving, always getting better. I mean, you look at what WWE is doing right now. We don't have fans. We have virtual audience. And literally everyone's taking from what WWE has done and more or less copying it because of the success that we've had. Do you think, uh, is it like football and that a guy like Taylor Heineke comes in for the Washington football team and there's no tape on him? So his first game is going to be good. He's going to pick apart a defense or something. Would you have liked to have seen some previous matches or even um, so uh, did you not do your homework? I'm trying to figure out maybe you were changing your league of league lineups and couldn't really do research uh, bad on money? bad money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I study everything, but I mean, the guy's <laughs> obviously an entertainer and knows how to entertain an audience. And when the right red light goes on, he was training, he was trained. He's been training since from what I hear since Royal rumble. And right. that's a good three months. Now it, it takes a lot longer to be at our level 
uh, my level, actually, not our level, because you two couldn't do anything in a ring. But undefeated, undefeated, retired. I was undefeated. Yeah. I took a power bomb from Bubba Ray Dudley before you even. Hold on, let me show you something. Oh boy, he's going. Uh, so great, thanks, Sal. This is dead time in the podcast world. You remember that, Brian? Come on. I, yeah. Look at that. Wow. Look at that picture. Look at those thighs on Santino. What did he go? Two sixty-five. Had him on my Look back. At the crowd going bananas. I probably would have wrestled Miz if it was two years later, right? He would have been yes. the heel that they set me up. That would have been tremendous. A lot yeah. of training for that day. What's that? Back. Did you watch? Yeah, yeah, I watched. Uh, I was in Montana okay. Saturday. I watched, but I, I caught your match and I watched sun, all day Sunday. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Is it weird for you to do it in front of like a sparse crowd or yeah, did it not matter? Fresh air, man. Honestly, it was, you could feel the electricity when you walk into the stadium, knowing that there's going to be fans there today, that day. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if there was a thousand, 25,000, a hundred thousand, just to have the real live human beings in an audience, hearing them react. And I don't know if you heard, like, this was weird. So usually celebrities are booed out of the building. Everyone, uh, cause we have like our hardcore fans. We don't want anyone coming in. But, oh, man, when Bad Bunny made his entrance, like, they were cheering. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, I get a hit show on, on USA, Ms. and Mrs., where you could see me with my daughters. I think that would make you, like, like me a little more. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I've been in WWE for 16 years, done a ton of things with WWE, a lot of awards, a lot of titles. You would think that I would, I would be celebrated in that mm. moment where a guy just comes in for one match and literally I was not, it was an eruption for bad bunny and I couldn't believe it. Now, I don't know if it's just cause I'm that annoying and that I'm that good at my job at making you hate me or they just really like bad bunny. Either way, it helped the match out a lot because I was like, man, I got to do a lot of bad things to like make this audience not like me and love him. But oh, right. it's actually a testament to you because when you defeated um, McIntyre with the money in the bank, um, it was amazing because lapsed fans, hardcore fans, smart fans, casual fans, all of them united to shit all over you winning the title. It was amazing. I've never seen, like, I was in Australia. I texted you going, like, act like this is something new to me. Like, do you remember <laughs> 10 years ago when I won the title the first time? Same yeah. thing happened. This is what I do. I make people hate. But also, do you remember what happened the next week on Monday Night Raw? Guess what? The ratings went up. And then the ratings went up again the following week. So that's what I do. I make people watch. I gather attention. So whether you love it or hate it, honestly, usually negativity brings more ratings. Mm. Yeah. Well, that music video of yours, that was, I mean, that was Amazing. perfect. Oh, boy. I mean, hey, probably going to win an award on it. Probably going to get like an MTV Video Music Award. Can, can we I see? Play? Well, hold on. Jim Cunningham, yeah. do, you have, uh, do you have a snippet of that? Do you have that? Can I, can I, I want to explain why this was a colossal failure, this music video. <laughs> Yes, please do. I, I would love to hear yeah. your and what you and you know what if you're going to say yeah. what a colossal failure it is, I want to know right. what you would have done to make it better. And they can't be, have you guys not do it. That's too easy. I won't say that. As one of maybe three ex WWE writers on the planet, right, who could show up to Titan Towers in Connecticut and not have the police called, I think <laughs> I have a certain amount of credibility. Okay. So I would, I would 100% agree with that. Okay. This is actually serious, constructive criticism. Okay. The first thing I would have done is I'd put the lyrics at the bottom because I couldn't understand a word you and Morrison were saying. We wanted that as well, uh, but the editors could not get it done in time. Okay. Remember, so that's a by the way, do you not remember how WWE works? We did this music video in a matter of four hours. Like, that is unheard of. For a well, music that's, video. that's the second criticism because the video itself felt like four hours. It just mm -hmm. didn't end. You should have played like a minute 15 of it and then say, if you want to watch the rest of this, you go on YouTube or pay no. for the show on iTunes. You think Miz and Morrison would ever, ever just do half a oh, music video? No. We Let's want see to it. see the whole thing in its entirety. It was insufferable. Look at the fans. <laughs>
This See, is interesting. <laughs> we created a dance, wow. by the way. I don't know if you can see it. You obviously can. But uh, it went viral. Like, all the TikTokers are doing it. You don't know what TikTok is, but it's the cool thing now in social media. And uh, all the TikTokers are doing our dance. That's great. But it infuriated Bad Bunny, apparently, right? I mean, you probably wouldn't do it if you had the chance now. Something inspired him. Do it more. All right, there's, there's the other thing. I want to point out point number three in terms of what I would do. First, I would I would have I would make sure that the lyrics are there. I'd cut it in half time wise and play the full video elsewhere. And then the third thing is, and I learned this over the course of my life at WWE, is and that's a great example of it. Seeing you guys in the bunny suits, like when a heel does a promo to quote unquote humiliate their opponent but they themselves are actually more embarrassing because of it than the <laughs> opponent that it was meant to be. How effective is it really? Because like, you know, they're playing that and it's like, if I'm Bad Bunny and I'm watching it going, look, wow, he really got me. It's a grown man in a bunny suit, hopping around, mumbling intelligible lyrics that I can't understand that goes on for 22 minutes. I feel so humiliated. You are one big no fun zone, Brian. Like, you're just no fun anymore. Like, you used to have fun, you know? Whatever happened to just entertaining an audience and enjoying yourself. When we were doing this video, we were laughing. We were having fun. You tell. was laughing, having fun. Everyone was enjoying it. Why does everyone have to be a critic now? Why can't you just sit back, enjoy, and watch? Do you realize the first time that people heard The Miz versus Bad Bunny, they were like, oh, God. We don't want this. Why is Bad Bunny have a match? Blah, blah, blah. All over Twitter. All over Twitter. So every week, I would just get ripped on about, not, not even me. People are like, Miz deserves better. Blah, blah, blah. Which is pretty incredible. And people are like, Bad Bunny shouldn't be there. Bad Bunny shouldn't be there. Blah, blah, blah. Then we get to WrestleMania. And I hear the crowd reaction. And I realize all the Twitter people that are literally giving critiques, that is a small, minute, tiny bit of our audience. What, when you hear an audience in the, in the arena and you hear in the stadium and you hear their eruption for a bad bunny, like it's like, wow, okay, it worked. And not only that, afterwards, all those people that didn't want the match and said he doesn't deserve to be there were like, oh, you know, I said it first, but now he's amazing. They jump on the bandwagon, and then that's exactly what they did. So as much as you're saying like, oh, you know, you should have done this, should have done that, critique, 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 why can't you just enjoy a show? Because I'm a professional and I'm trying to help you the next time something like this happens, you should have had the whole tools. Video three times the next Very time. Very valuable. If you have anything you say for critique, I'm going to literally take and use and go, you know what? I'm going to do the exact opposite next time. You <laughs> wow. should have had visuals making fun of Bad Bunny and, and fewer subtitles. Wow. As opposed to visuals <laughs> making fun of yourself. I, I will admit, Ms. other than the timing, the concept and the execution, it was perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. Can I Thank just get into so this? I I'm that amazing critique. I want to, I want to once again, compliment Miz. He's the best on the mic there is. And uh, I, I, Bri, you and I love Rowdy Roddy Piper and I consider him the best ever. And uh, Miz is a quickly approaching that, you know, and uh, I, I don't think there's any argument. Now, you would take credit in that, Bri, because you helped write a lot of these promos, right, when you were there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't take credit, but I certainly acknowledge that contributed. I mean, I think like a heel taking a gold record and smashing it over Captain Lou Albano's head, yes. getting real heat, as opposed to putting on these bunny pajamas and hopping around in a Lord of the Rings-esque music video that would never end and you couldn't understand. I think is like real heat. I think it's, um, you right. know, that's something to aspire to. But, right. you know, Miz, I mean, to his credit, it, it is the Heath Ledger, like, like when Heath Ledger was cast as Joker, just like Miz was saying, the internet was like, oh, it's the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You and Brokeback Mountain, he sucks. And then they saw it and it was like, whoa, this is actually incredible. The mm. same thing with Bad Bunny. Um, but I'll say this. When Brian yeah. would bring me, would write something, and I, I could always tell it was Brian. Because mm -hmm. it would have just hate-fueled stuff that you literally were like, God, Brian must have got picked on a lot in high school and elementary <laughs> school and middle school because, man, he is just unleashing it in this promo that I, now I get to use all of his anger, all of his frustration, all of his picking on, all of his bullied, and I get to now do it in WWE ring because I would just be like, it was, it was filled with pure venom. 
Mm. And I was like, God, this is great. But poor guy, man. Oh, this poor kid got probably picked on his entire life. <laughs> is that now, true, Brian? And that, that that's, well, first of all, I was voted class secretary two years in a row in high school. And my well, that, it's that a very popular girl. I'm does it. Beloved. <laughs> and secondly, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you're, when you're, this, you know, just like Miz claims to be like this homebody who's a lovable guy but gets a mountain of heat, you know, on the writing side, I guess we're kindred spirits in that respect because, you know, I, I am not this hate fueled monster that you make me out to be. I'm just, a, you know, extraordinarily talented at writing wrestling. Right. So, you know, but now, I mean, my point is you did a great job. You did, it, it, you know, other than the video, which was garbage, but the, but the match was great. <laughs> and now next year when poor NBC with Peacock wants Ted Danson to show up to promote Mr. Mayor on WWE raw and have a match or do some physicality, they'll go, Nope. He didn't use a Young Rock reference. <laughs> I am shocked. Well, we know. We, I, I think the guys at Young Rock, thank you for bringing that up. Let's hear about Young Rock, Bri. You yeah. are the brains behind this. You're an executive at Seven Bucks. Um, you guys are one of the executive producers of Young Rock. What do you do for Young Rock? Because I, I imagine you just sit there with a headset and mm -hmm. do nothing all well, day. You just take a paycheck. That's not the case. <laughs> and then you'll be like, hey, Here's a line. Try this one. You're That's that maybe like, and all the writers look at you like, come on, man. We, we've spent like months writing this and now you're just going to sit there and now you're going to show up. That's <laughs> like maybe six out of the 12 hours on set where I would do that. But the other six were constructive. Nanachka Khan and Jeff Chang, they're the creators. Obviously, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia, myself, we all contributed. Notch and Jeff's writing team, everybody. Um, and Chavo Guerrero trained all the actors um, to do actual wrestling moves. We didn't have any stunt doubles. We didn't mm -hmm. have any, you know, the, the actors, Joseph Lee Anderson, they didn't have any training. And by the end of it, they're doing drop kicks. They're doing top rope elbow drops. Now, it's not like, it's not WWE level. No one's claiming it is. But they did a very credible job. I think actually counter to everything I just said prior to this statement, that the, rest, the actors who played wrestlers on Young Rock uh, would be very credible in a WWE ring. I think they could give Bad Bunny a run for their money. I think it's, from what I've seen, I think it's excellent. It's a great portrayal. The, the, it's a period piece. It takes you back. You feel like you're there. The wrestlers, I'm like the Iron Sheik, like these guys are right on. I mean, dead yeah. ringers looks wise. And the uh, acting is great. I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 sitcoms, I feel like we're dead the last 15 years. You, you might be onto something here, girl. Works. You, right? I mean, this is really... I, I can't, I, I can't, everybody knows your name now. Anything, yeah. but it's, it's a fantastic show. Like it reminds me yeah. of my youth, uh, like literally if Andre the Giant came to my school, it'd be, oh my God, pandemonium. And yeah. it's just, it's kind of cool to see, you know, all the old school wrestlers, but then there's these new, these, these kids that are coming up and it's just, it's a really well done show. And I love the fact that The Rock is actually in it. I didn't expect that. I was expecting Rock to just be executive producer. This mm -hmm. is about me. But for him to actually be in the show and actually kind of being the voice, it's kind of great. He's biggest... all in. Thank you, Miz. In fact, I'll ask you right now, you know, obviously timeline wise, this wouldn't, you know, correlate to the Miz in your time in WWE in a likelihood, unless like season 18 or whatever. But if you could play a 80s or 70s wrestler to appear in a future Ooh. season, is there anyone that you would gravitate towards? Oh, my God. I'll play Shawn Michaels all day, every day. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, everyone says that I, 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 I wrestle just like him. So, you know, but no, I'll, I'll play. No, I like the fact that you picked the I'll one play. guy that Rock's I'll never had a match with. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Pick any of them. Literally, I, I know what you want me to do. You want the Red Rooster. But honestly, I'm choosing all the other ones. Like, I'm choosing, like, like Piper. I'll, I'll do it any one. I don't care. Like Coco I, Beware? Like, Maybe when not. I was a kid, yeah. I would put streamers on my arms and paint my face and run around like the Ultimate Warrior. So... I'm oh, all well wow. prepared and well prepared. Do it now. Show us now what that looks like. That would be great. Uh, I don't I don't do that anymore. I'm, yeah. I just basically play the Miz each and I, every day. I think that would be actually I would love to see that. I think you as the ultimate warrior. Yeah. The music video was a good precursor because I couldn't understand a word from that video and I couldn't understand the ultimate warrior when <laughs> he was cutting promos. I can't wait so to put like a funny suit on yourself. <laughs> I, I hope the rock is listening to this podcast and going, well. 
guess what? Brian's going to be a bunny now. <laughs> Ms. Let me ask you, you, what we don't see on young rock, uh, is Brian developing a crippling gambling addiction, which actually happened while he was shooting in Australia. Right, Brian, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, that is true. They, they have these wonderful, Australia is a wonderful country. Um, I, I took time out of my schedule at one point to talk to our production staff and tell them everything that's wrong with their country, like I did with your music video. Mm. They, kept, they, they received it in the exact same way you did, which is to say not good. But, the one, but they have many great things in Australia, and one of them are these tab machines. And basically what that is is just sports gambling at every restaurant, pub, whatever you want to call it. You just walk right in place your you know your bets on american baseball football i mean obviously they have all the australian sports and horse races mm -hmm. and that stuff too. right you get your ticket and you cash in with the bartender it's amazing it's like I, it's it's why i was there for six months the production right. was five months i stayed an extra month basically just to gamble um especially too because of the time difference the games all start a 7 p.m game starts at 9 or 10 a.m depending on daylight savings so you could basically, I mean, it, it was. It sounds great. Really it really does. Too, just so I could gamble in Australia again is basically what I'm saying. Ms. Aside from, um, aside from fantasy, baseball, football, basketball, any, any inclination to gamble? You want to step it up or no? You're good where you're Honestly, uh, anytime like there's big games, I'll sit there, you know, Super Bowl, World Series, those kind of things. Sure, I'll, I'll dabble into it. But most of the time. I'm not very good at one-off games. Like I don't study that and I don't have time to study that. Um, fantasy is about as far as I go into the gambling world because honestly, gambling is a little whirlwind for me. Like I know once I get started, it's going to go. Like I started with one fantasy team. Now I have like eight. So right. it's just kind of how it works. Uh, I would Nate, think Nathan, Nathan's a girl, a friend of yours in Cleveland. I'm buddies with him too. He says you're in a league with him. Uh, in which you have no bragging rights at all. And it must must be extra special because your dad's, as I understand it, your dad's face is on the trophy. It which is. is so, a, which is uh, a belt. Uh, there's this awesome fantasy football league. It's with my, all my friends in Cleveland. Nathan is in it. Uh, Nathan, who you might know from Cleveland Browns Daily, uh, for anyone in the Cleveland yes. area, he's basically the voice of that. Uh, yeah, he's very, very smart in the fantasy world. He's won the league, I think, three times. I've won it zero, but I've been in the finals like five times. But mm. something always happens. Uh, I'll never forget Matty Ice. The only so I, I everyone is congratulating me. The final, I, like I'm in the championship. Everyone's congratulating me, saying, "Wow, you finally won the, the title. The title is yours." And I was like, "Is there any way I could lose?" And the mm. only way I could lose if there was a pick six. And Matty nice. Ice drops back. He throws the he throws the ball in the end zone. Navarro Bowman intercepts it and runs it all the way back for a touchdown. I lose my championship that year. Then there was like another year where something exactly the same happened. Like every time I'm in the finals, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. um, I don't get to display my exact power in uh, knowledge in that fantasy world because uh, honestly, I'm so busy with the League of Leagues that it's uh, very difficult for me to, and with uh, with seven other leagues, that it's tough to actually win. How do uh, we, when, when you're doing- like we, my toughest league. Like the League of Leagues is not that tough. How is you, How are you saying that? We draft like, to the left of us as a guy who's in 13 fantasy baseball leagues, to the right of us as a guy who won $100,000 in some Yahoo league. Like it, it, it seems crazy. They're drafting players in T-ball that I've never heard of. How is it not the hardest you've been in? I I literally look at like the League of Leagues and some of the picks that people would do, I would laugh at. And I'd be like, wow, like really that early? Mm. Like you could have gotten this person like four rounds later. It's just one of those situations. And it's weird because like I always stack and this is going to tell you what my my what I do in this league. I always stack my NBA because NBA is the last one that we have. And I feel like I need to stack that one. Baseball's right now. I know that something's going to like, everyone's going to be on the IL for like 10 days. So I can pick people up and, uh, and figure out where I'm going to go. NFL is a cakewalk for me, but NBA is like my hardest. So I always mm. lean to make sure I have a dominant NBA team before I even get started. And then uh, MLB, I'll usually be in third or fourth place 
is where I feel like, and then NBA, uh, NFL, I'll probably win the league. That's that's and where I'm going. The last team is because oh. you're in dead last in the NBA right now. Oh, I mean, it's not even close. It, it, because like, I realize biggest. I, I will repeat myself, Ryan, because you were you were so busy trying to think of your comeback that no. you weren't listening before. What I did this year is mm-hmm. I wasn't going to win the league. I was right. going to get in third place. I don't want third place. So I'm going to set myself up for the next year. We get uh-huh. six keepers. So I go to the dummy, Brian, and I say, hey, dummy, can I get your keepers? Here's some people that might help you almost mm-hmm. win the league. You won't yeah. because you'll screw it up somehow. And poor Sal will have to sit there and go, I can't believe I let him talk me into doing this. But when you decided but to dump your players, and you now I have that last place. team. And it by the way, like in you MLB right now, I'm in like third place. You're in last. So there's, like, there's 10 games played in the league so far. In basketball, when you made your great decision to dump the players to save for next year, where you made a trade with me to trade, you trade me Andre Drummond, Sal and I, and you mm-hmm. got three quote unquote keepers. One of them's not even a closer anymore. The other one's on the injured list. The third one is a closer, which are dime a dozen. But regardless of that, you weren't in third or fourth place. You were like in 14th place when you decided to do that. So like, what are you, what are you even talking about? Third and fourth. See, what people don't understand is in MLB, NFL, and NBA, we add all those together. So whatever place you were in MLB, you get a point. You get points for that. In in NFL, you get points. NBA, you get points. So the points I would have gathered up from all three leagues would have gotten me into third place, which is a money position. But I don't care about money. I care about dominance. And if I'm not going to dominate, be number one, then I don't want to be the first loser. I'm not. I'm not Brian Gerwitz. You know, I I, I don't want to be a loser. But I you explain that in all your other leagues, you're in the championship round. So that that completely, you know, goes against everything you're saying as far as the league of league is concerned. Nobody knows what you're talking about right now. Brian. <laughs> well, you, you certainly making up stuff. Try to make this podcast interesting, Brian, just for a second. Brian, I will so say, I would- if he did in fact approach you and say, "Hey, dummy, give me your keepers." Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I would have I would have cut ties with it right away. I would have said, hey, this isn't a good good deal. No, you know what the deal is, Sal. It's yeah. like we're looking, we're like circling first place in the league to become two time, the only two time right. champions. Mm-hmm. We're like, who's a guy that has no idea what he's doing? And we could trade him the crappiest keepers in the world and he'll give us an NBA title. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, I guarantee you, Miz is probably in 14th place, which he of course he was. And so we called him, like, hey, here's a by the way, I a Cleveland I yeah. called you. you a lie to people. I called you and said, hey, you want to do this? And you, I said, what's your keepers? And you said, here they are. I go, done deal. Here's, an, here's, here's Andre. Enjoy. <laughs> Anyways, I would think that you would be excellent at gambling in the big games because you don't have any judgment and favoritism because all your real-life sports teams would never be in the big game of the World I'm Series. going to the Super Bowl next year. Oh, is, is that right? We just got clowny. We just got clowny. Do you do you not get the Cleveland news? Do you not get sports news in New York? Is that what it is? You just look at the Mets? Like the Browns are going to the Super Bowl, no doubt in my mind. They just picked up Jervin Clowney and literally like we have the greatest defense, the greatest offense. We have all the ammo. We have an amazing coaching staff, a winning mentality. We're going to the Super Bowl. What are you doing? You're going to be sitting on your Mets couch wishing, wishing that you could be oh, in the Super Bowl. The I'm Buffalo Bills were a lot closer to the Super Bowl than the Cleveland Browns last year, and they'll be a lot closer to the Super Bowl, if not in the Super Bowl, next year, as we all know. I can't jump in because the Cowboys got crushed by the Browns and uh, just had a miserable season last year. But I was trying to trash Jadevian Clowney, and he's like top five in rush percentage out of any. Like people were like, well, he had no sacks with the Titans last year. But since 2018, he's right in there with all the Aaron Donalds and uh, Robert Quinns and all those guys. So that I think that's a good pickup. Oh, I think we can, make a, we can make a bet on here again. Like you have Miles Garrett, like. I mean, you look at this this defensive line. I mean, it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done all of our all, everything we needed. We've addressed before the draft. Draft is just going to be an added bonus. But man, I'll tell you what, this team is locked and loaded, and it's the most excited I've ever been for a football year. Like last year, we figured out how to go to the playoffs and win in the playoffs. Now we know that knowledge. And I think that they're ready to go to the Super Bowl. 
I want, I want, right I want you guys Bills to make a bet. I'm, I'll bet sorry. you right now. Yeah. Okay. How much, I mean, how much you want to bet that the Browns are going to the Super Bowl? Oh wow. Oh, just that? Yeah. Pick a number. The Browns, let me just set the stage here. The Browns are, according to Fandle, 10 to 1 odds to win the AFC. The so they're Bills, doing it 10 to 1? Bills are 5.5 to 1. So you, you have the better team, according to Vegas and the odds providers. In reality. Well, I want to make sure that this is the actual Super Bowl, not the quote-unquote Super Bowl in Miz's mind, which the Browns <laughs> have already won, apparently, according to what Miz was saying. But the actual right? physical... Physical Super Bowl. Yes. The game in February. Uh, uh, yeah. Says they're going. Okay, well, I, I'll put 100 down on that right now. Game on. All right. There you go, Sal. There's your gambling tip of the day. I was well, going to say who goes better, Bills or, or Browns, but now I don't even have to do that. Just, oh, just Bills even, you, I, We don't even need to do that bet because the Bills aren't going. Yeah, Miz, okay. you got I, – I don't know. You could have gotten 10 to 1 odds on that. I, I don't know if you did that He's right. He's not giving me 10 to 1 odds. It's, that's, that's, the, that's the business acumen of <laughs> <laughs> this is why This is why I don't gamble normally. I yeah. want to talk I feel like this is a shoe in. Hey, Miz and Mrs. Uh, first of all, why do the cameras never catch you making fantasy football moves? Or are you like, uh, they did. They I did a whole fantasy football like episode. We did an entire episode about fantasy because my wife cannot stand sports, cannot stand fantasy football. I've tried to get her involved, you know, just so we could, you know, do something together. Like, Hey, what do you think of this guy? She's like, well, what's he look like? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what he looks like. It's mm. like, like, is it cute? And I'm like, oh my God. So honestly, like, <laughs> is she he wearing a bunny costume? Like football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you got, if you have a hard time with that, but oh, man, yeah. I'll tell you what, fantasy football is not a fun thing in this household because my wife is just like, bah. Yeah, Brian doesn't have as hard a time, I don't think, as you and I do. No, he's got a lot of time on his hands. Like, all he, all he has is time. All right, let's take a quick break, Ms. Brian, because I'm going to tell you something. You guys, this is exciting enough, but you could add even more excitement to your sports watching experience by betting all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. There's a reason FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlays, exclusive always on promotions such as enhanced odds boosts on the biggest events to let you get more action out of every game day. And if you win, they get you your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. And right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Place your first bet on anything, FanDuel refunds you up to $1,000 back if you don't win. No strings attached. Just place any bet you want. You win, you keep the cash, you lose. You get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in sight. Credit. If you've never used FanDuel Sportsbook, what the hell are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with promo code against all odds so they know I sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code against all odds. Okay, more fighting now. What about Ms. and Mrs.? How many? I was trying to figure it out as far as family focused reality shows. What season are you guys in now? We're in season two, but it feels like season six because. The way they're doing it is they'll put like six episodes. We'll do 20 episodes, right? right? And they'll they'll air six episodes here, eight episodes here, six episodes here. So it feels like three seasons. But yeah. honestly, we're about 40 episodes. So right now we're at 30, 35 episodes we have aired. And five more is to come uh, every Monday after Monday Night Raw, 11 p.m. on the USA Network. You're not going to want to miss it. It's funny. It's exciting. It's 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 our family. It kind of gives you the insights of the WW business, but also gives you insights of like what it's like to have two kids, you know, a beautiful wife, uh, you know, living in Los Angeles and just going through through what it's like to be a, a dad and a parent. It's good stuff. It's very entertaining. I was trying to do the math on. I think you're nipping at the heels of the Osbournes. I don't know how far you want to take it. The Kardashians did, uh, did hundreds of episodes, but do you see this going on for you? You could use this as a negotiating tool. Do you see this going I on? Would, I would love, like, after we saw the ratings from uh, last Monday, last yeah. episode, um, we're really excited. Like, I think they got everyone really excited. Uh, it was the best uh, ratings we've had since season one. And they just keep on going up because I think people are seeing it now and it's starting to get a little word of mouth where people are like, this is actually a good show. Some have said it's the funniest show on TV. Wait, are you saying that the ratings from season two are the highest in season one? Yes, in season one. Accomplishment. 
That's 20 episodes, like 20 episodes, 20 episodes. You're such a jerk. <laughs> and one of those episodes, Brian refused to sign the release at your baby shower, I believe, right? And you had to blur his he face. Did. I mean, that could have that could have killed and the whole franchise. Doing it. Oh, he it's did true. end up signing. You did. No, I didn't sign. We didn't blur you. You weren't blurred. Oh, no, boy. I didn't sign anything. So it was good. This is a uh, Genesis. I guess for we're a nice lawsuit. <laughs> Speaking of lawsuits, you, at what point did you, I mean, are, are you worried when your kids become of age and they realize you've been exploiting them these years for the, for free entertainment on the show? Exactly. against you? dare you, Brian. One, <laughs> we never do anything where they're, uh, they're successful. Like, honestly, we have fun as a family. I'm sorry that you are at your house by yourself every day, all day. But as a family, you want to my bobbleheads and enjoy one another <laughs> yeah. and, and have fun. Like right now, I would rather be hanging out with my daughters and hanging out with you guys. But I'm doing a favor for you, <laughs> Brian, you. so you can get a little notoriety out there and go. Well, I got a podcast on. Look at me. You know, I'm just giving you a little star, star power, kind of loaning it to you. So, Ms., you don't see any hope uh, or future for a reality show with Brian and his bobblehead dolls? You don't think there's anyone will take to that? Oh, I think every. I think he's already pitched it to every network, and every network looked at him like he was stupid. <laughs> well, I, once I get that Lindor bobblehead in a Mets uniform, glistening with orange and blue, I think my luck is going to change. I think people are going <laughs> to. Is Lindor even done that well this year? I don't. They've played seven games. Yeah, but he hasn't been doing well. Listen, Degrom is Degrom is hitting batting six hundred, so it's hard to you know that's the that's the high bar for all these. Dude, he's been he's been on. Do you guys have him in the in league of leagues? Because man, is he on fire? We didn't take. No, we have we have Taiwan Walker though. He's he's just as good. Just as good, maybe even better. Um, speaking of great, uh, Ms. You were great on Jimmy Kimmel Live. You did uh, you did a bit. You want to explain what what you did there? I got a call that said, hey. Do you want to be our human resources person and give everyone job reviews on our crew? And in my head, I went, yes, but you do realize I've been a guest on the show. They probably know who I am. Right. I'm a huge star. And they're like, we'll put you in disguise. I go, mm -hmm. all right, great. I'm going to go in disguise. So I get there, right? And they go, what classes do you want? I go, uh, I'll take these. And they go, all right, that's your disguise. And I went, <laughs> oh, okay, great. But uh, we went in there and literally no one really knew, which was shocking to me. And by the way, they've never done job reviews ever uh, at, I guess, ABC. So everyone was kind of wondering what it was. It was on April Fool's is when we filmed it. Right. So everyone knew it was kind of April Fool's. But man, did I have fun. You did a great uh, you know, job. The idea is he might be the nicest person I've ever met yeah. in my entire life. She's a, she's a doll. And uh, yeah, she was taken aback by you. So it starts off as a regular uh, job review with questions that someone would ask. And, and like, what do you do? Have you ever showed up drunk? You know, and then it gets weird. And then they turn the lights on and the music and it and it turns into full out wrestling promo right so yeah uh, just like lights are glaring different yes. colors are blaring everywhere yeah uh you know i'm literally turn my voice up into promo mode and just go off and cut a promo on how great they're doing right and uh and i was uh i think that the line was like you know cousin mickey you got a lot of haters out there because they think you got your job because of nepotism do you know what we say to those haters <laughs> we say uh, something morons. Like we say, you know, <laughs> screw you morons. Say it with me more. Say it with me, Mickey. And she would not say morons. She, she couldn't would do it. She's <laughs> like, no, I can't. I'm like, come on, please. I begged her. I got down on my hands and knees and begged <laughs> and I could not get her to say morons. It was she incredible. It. I was like, she is the nicest no. lady ever. It's not. You should have done that with bad bunny, Ms. You should have done a job review with bad bunny. That would have gotten heat as opposed to, uh, wow. singing in pajamas for five minutes. Wow. Wow. I don't know if that was an option, but it's interesting. It, it wasn't an option. And uh, no, Brian, that that's your writing, not mine. <laughs> Brian, I will say the producers at Kimmel were very impressed. And I was like, well, Miz is the best at this, but they were very impressed. I think they had like seven scripts, full on scripts that he had to memorize and he had it nailed before yeah. he even showed up. So. He has that, you know, we trained him well. When he it's first showed up at WWE, he had, I mean, you know, just, just Google Miz Diva search promo. And then Thank look you. at that to the man you see before you right now. It's a great, you, just, you should be proud, Miz. I'd be proud that I that I literally like uh, mess up. I remember that promo, but you know what? Brian used to give me like eight pages to memorize mm -hmm. all the time because, you know, Brian likes to write it and hear himself talk through mm -hmm. other people's 
words. So I, that's where I got all my training. And to be completely honest with you, if I'm being real, like it is true. WWE is a very good place to learn the art of everything entertainment. I'm talking like whether it's acting, whether it's hosting, whether it's just going into just for promotion, like it teaches you everything you need to know because we usually only get one take. And when I got that script from Kimmel's crew, it was, it was a lot, but I go in there and I think what an opportunity that is. I don't get to come on Kimmel every day and it's my job to not only do well, but that could pave the path for you guys saying, hey, like this guy did so well, let's bring other, you know, people on there as well. And it, it forms a relationship and you, it's a huge show. It's a huge meet. Like if, if I can get on Jimmy Kimmel, I know that Ms. and Mrs. is going to get a, a bump in, in mm -hmm. ratings and it's going to help hopefully get us another season. So, I mean, that's the way I look at things. And honestly, I just want to do a good job and I want everyone to, to kind of like be happy and, and enjoy it. And I feel like that's what we did. Mm -hmm. I think Jimmy does such an incredible job and the way he has been able to uh, make it his own. Like you yeah. don't look at, you know, Kimmel's show and go, Oh, that's that, that's that show. That's that show. He made it his own ever since the beginning. Like when he had people drinking beers, like yeah. that was amazing. And then like, I remember going into like before I would pregame in, in that, in that bar, you guys the have downstairs, yeah. like all mm -hmm. the time. And I think a lot of people actually used to do that because it was, it's on Hollywood. That's right where all the, the scene was. And in my twenties, it was like, Oh man, I'll just go to Kimmel's and have some drinks and then go out. Um, it's so funny. That green room used to be open to 2 a.m. It served like hard alcohol and everyone from you to Aaron Paul to Taylor Swift has made an appearance in there before they hit it big. And it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, they they kind of classed it up a little since then. I'm not sure. I still think I think Jimmy has done a tremendous job and he's he's, he's immensely giving too. like he he really thinks about things that that don't matter. So for I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. Gifting. Like uh, we always get gifts. Whenever you go to these type of shows, you get cool gifts. And Jimmy gave me uh, kid stuff because he knew I, I just had a baby. And honestly, I still use like, so Monroe used the jacket and it says Jimmy Kimmel Live on it. Mm -hmm. It's a kid's jacket. It's so cute. So Monroe used it. A year later, Madison was used it. That's and great. I just think that's that's so thoughtful to think about like, I don't want anything. Like, I don't, I don't need a t-shirt. I don't need a hat. I don't need a mug. But if you get something for my kids, that means so much more. And I think Jimmy thinks that way. Like, I think he knows that because he's a dad. If you yeah. give something to my kids, that means so much more to me than getting something for me. He's very giving. He's a big fan of yours. Yes, he gives you kids stuff. And all you needed from Brian was a signed release. And he wouldn't even give you that. I mean, that, that's what <laughs> I know. makes it sad. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I would, I would much prefer, I mean, you know, I have, I have niece, I have a niece, I have young cousins, um, but any and all gifts from anybody, I would prefer for myself. <laughs> I would like to keep that. Yeah, of course, because yeah. you only care about you. <laughs> I, 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 agree, I agree with that. I the reason we're here today. More bobbleheads. Uh, yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Ms. Let's say, what would the conversation be like? I should have asked this earlier. If you went to Vince McMahon and said, hey, boss, I wouldn't do this normally, but I'm a lifelong Cleveland Indians fan and it's game seven of the World Series. Let me meet up with the fellas in Abu Dhabi a uh, uh, day late. Oh, I, I need to stay home and watch this. One, I would never, never ask that. Uh, you wouldn't. I really? am always my... I, Maybe it's just the, my work ethic or the way I, I go about things, mm -hmm. but WWE comes number one. I mean, it's even if the, 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 the Browns are in the Super Bowl and Vince needs me, you know, mm -hmm. I look at it as it's not Vince just needing me. It's, and this is going to, this might sound, I don't know, cocky or arrogant, but I think the WWE universe, the fans, like mm -hmm. they paid their hard earned money. And if Vince needs me for something to make sure that that audience gets exactly what they need, you know, they come there to take away a memory that lasts a lifetime. It's my job to do that. And so it's more important than a Brown Super Bowl to me than a, a, a World mm. Series. Not more important than my wife giving birth to my kids, though. I will say that. Yeah. Um, but I take my job very seriously and I am dedicated and I'm motivated. I actually had 
probably one of the best conversations I've ever had with with Vince uh, a couple a couple weeks ago when uh, I was going to become WWE champion. And we sat down and we talked about, you know, things that you wouldn't expect us to talk about, just family and time. Because I was asking him, like, how does he do it? You know, how does he manage it? How does he manage a billion dollar company, Raw, SmackDown, be there each and every week? You know, like, how do you, how do you do? And then, then have a football league and then doing all a network, doing all these things. Like it was a, a very, it was a very interesting conversation that didn't last very long, but it was, it was very <laughs> knowledgeable. And I'm always very thankful that I have the ability to be able to go in there and talk to one of the most powerful men in the world. Interesting. Well, he doesn't, and, and to your credit, doesn't run eight fantasy football leagues, which I might know, take up I, more time. I'd yeah. say this, Miz, as a fan, and which I am now, just strictly as a fan, I think you should go to the Super Bowl or World Series. I think it's okay. I think really? we'll survive somehow as for one fan. week. As a fan. Without oh, you on TV. Oh, I thought he was about to say something nice, Sal. I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. Go I on. did. Give it to me. And <laughs> say something nice. I think that you should enjoy this scenario that will never happen in real life. I think you should take advantage of it and go because we'll be okay. It's 52 weeks a year. You thankfully, you don't get hurt. You think the only time you take off is to do another Marine movie, which they keep making for some reason. I think we'll be all right for you to, funny. to go visit the Bills in the Super Bowl next year or whatever it is you want to do. Watch Lindor and with the Mets in the World Series or playoffs. Not whatever gonna you do, I, don't think the Mets are I don't think they're going to the World Series. I don't. Well, we'll I see. I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I, I won't be like you and say, they're definitely going to the World Series. We don't know. <laughs> I, think the I know, I know Sal know. and I were alive to experience the I don't think they're ready yet. I think they need a couple more years of prospects to get up there. Well, I'll just um, said three to five years, so we'll take that. Hold on. Our, our, uh, our, our producer thinks he found something here. Jim, what is this now? Oh, that's blind blurred at, uh, at the baby shop. Oh, my God. He didn't get blurred. Oh, good. Thank goodness. <laughs> that's very, it's good. Were reporting. you the bartender too, Brian? What are you, what are you doing? You look like pretty no, good. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking myself, how did I get here? And how do I get out of here? <laughs> what a jerk, by the way. Like my friend, Brian is like, yeah, I don't oh, want to be your friend. Your you didn't even invite me to your okay, wedding. Let me ask you, what do you think would happen if your face wasn't blurred? Do you think the rock is going to call you and go, look, you're no longer with seven bucks. You were on Miz and Mrs. I saw your face on there. Oh man. I don't, I don't know what kind of debauchery is going to happen at this baby shower of yours. I've been to some of your New Year's parties. I've seen how it degenerates into something unspeakable, I might add. So, so it must be that much fun. <laughs> That's true. Touche. Brian, I, Rock runs for president. Miz is VP. Who is voting for anyone else? Um, do this? Brian's not, if I'm VP, Brian's not voting anymore. <laughs> Brian, you're writing all the uh, the bar all the a little lower. Right? Let's get Miz cast as Young Berserker on season two of Young Rock. <laughs> you can put the Viking helmet on. Just say Haas over and over again. We'll limit the where what how you're going to torture me in Young Rock. Like I was like, what is he going to make me do? Like I know something's coming. It can't be any worse than what you did to yourself. Like here's the character we have for you, and then Brian's going to switch it all up and make me look like an idiot. Which is fine because it's Young Rock and it's a hit show. If I had said to you, we have a great part for you on Young Rock and entails you dressing up as a bunny, hopping around and saying indecipherable lyrics for 27 minutes, you'd throw the script in my face. You'd go, that's terrible. And yet that's what you choose to do when no, you're I think it better. highly successful. I everything better. That's what I do. I take a script that could be crap. Usually I took most of your crappy scripts and I made it into something that was memorable and people still talk about this day. All right. Well, well, this is this is. Do you, rem do you remember the uh, the uh, the good old uh, what was it? Jimmy, 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 Riley, Riley, Riley. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, the thing with Christian, Randy, Jimmy, Riley, yeah, Randy, Jimmy, Riley. Randy. Do you remember that promo? Yes. Yeah. That was that was good stuff. It, it was great stuff, but was it really? I, I think it, I I don't I, I tend not I don't remember much. You remember what happened after that that promo? I remember certain people backstage hated it. I do remember that. Hated it. Yeah. What but we happened? Made it amazing. And you're welcome. 
I'm sorry for accidentally setting your career back three years with that one promo, but I think it was worth it. I think, <laughs> I think it created a memory that will live on in the I think so too. Oh, well, this is great. And I can do this. I can do this for hours and hours. I know you're, uh, but I know Brian has to make some uh, ad drops before uh, before the it's first true. pitch. I think at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Does he actually do anything, Sal? Like, no, he I does. I have like, to say, really? I yeah. wish I could take any credit, but Brian is uh, the force behind this league, and uh, mostly I, he does seem to have a lot of time for it, even though he is a big time uh, network executive now. It's, it's Sunday nights at 10 o'clock is the once a week ad drop thing, and I'm not wasting time texting people like the Miz going, how come no one told us how to do an ad drop? I was like, it's literally detailed on the main page. That was my first year in it. I'm sorry that I wasn't aware that you guys are lazy and only ad drop <laughs> once a week. All right, how about we fast forward to literally today? Every day. How do you do this podcast? Is it happening or not? Like, we literally emailed you the code. I did not get the email. I guess I wasn't cool enough to get it. But I was I called at like 1057. I go, are we doing this thing or what? Can I get a Zoom? Can I get something? <laughs> and you're like, we're already here. I'm like, nobody decided to put me in this loop. Well, maybe, right. no offense, but maybe if you, you know, maybe all your AOL emails, which you some inexplicably still use, go to junk. You should like join us, Mr. I don't know what TikTok is. Maybe you should get an actual email address that's used in the 21st century and then you wouldn't be in the dark. Interesting. My email addresses are from when I was like in high school and I'm keeping yeah. them because they're cool <laughs> in my book. <laughs> Brian, like, you know, Brian's trying to, he's trying to punch up your email address now. It's really yeah, just yeah. never ends. I know what he's yeah, trying to do. It. He's trying to egg me on to where I'm like, my email is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> not not going to happen. Nice try though. Well, no I, one ever sent me an email. Did you check it? No. Okay. <laughs> I 100% I check my emails all the time. <laughs> you could have been invited to the, the Cleveland Indians World Series Parade. You don't even know it. My God. Check the junk folder. Uh, Can't wait well, to get my 100 bucks for my Super Bowl win. That's right. Yeah. All right. So you guys have a bet. That's very exciting. Again, I think you got ripped off odds wise, but it's more of the principle of it, Miz. You'll take even odds at the, at the now uh, with Jadavian Clowney. And the Cleveland Browns now. Yeah, are we're going talking about next Bowl. year's Super Bowl. This isn't like Super Bowl in perpetuity where it's like 2046 yes. and old man Miz is calling me going, oh, you said on extra points that if the Browns win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, no, this is next year's Super Bowl. Yeah, so we're going to have to. Super Bowl, yes. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Uh, I'm glad we can go out on a low note. <laughs> throw, me, throw me all your plugs there, Miz. This is great. Miz and Mrs. You are now, you have to have, take revenge on Bad Bunny. Um, are we going to see you in the bunny costume anymore or do you, you feel like obviously not? I mean, Brian hates it so much <laughs> that I don't think I could ever be in a bunny costume ever again. Good. My job is done. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you can watch uh, Monday night raw every, every Monday, uh, USA network from eight to 11. And then after that, right after that is my reality show with my family, Ms. And Mrs. Uh, it goes 11, 1130 and it's funny. It's family friendly. Uh, so definitely tune in and, and watch it's, it's a lot of fun. It's great stuff. And Bri, a few more episodes of Young Rock. Yeah, we got Young Rock, three more episodes, Tuesday, NBC. I like how you and Miz were all in the NBC Universal family. Yes. Miz can enjoy some ZOA, as I am doing right now as well. Wow, <laughs> look at you just plugging it all. Where's the tequila? <laughs> hmm. Well, that's for, that's for when the Browns win the Super Bowl. So I, I might have to uh, you know, keep that. And store uh, I'm surprised you're not wearing your Under Armour Rock uh, gear and wearing no, your that's true. From I the decided rock. to wear a Lindor jersey just for you, but you know, next <laughs> time, next time I see you, we'll have uh, Project Rock stuff. Okay, I love know. it. I love. I mean, this could go on forever. I, we could just. I don't have premium <laughs> Zoom, so I guess it can't go on forever. But I suppose you guys could just go back and forth. This is terrific. Well, thanks for coming well, on. Well, we will on Twitter because yeah, Brian never has. He's one of those Twitter trolls. You know, every week I get some sort of troll from Brian. Yeah. I'm like, God, he's like that. Can I, can I actually, can I say something? In, in like version of the person that sits in a room by himself and just tweets with his, with his, with his, like uh, his Zoa, his Zoa energy drink and his computer. He's got a piece of pizza hanging out of his mouth, you know, flopping all over his, his Mets Lindor jersey going, <laughs> I'm going to get Miz with this one. Look at your bunny suit. Can't believe I couldn't even understand the lyrics. Well, listen to the damn song then. And guess what? You'll hear the lyrics and how genius they are. I tried it several times. I couldn't make out a word of it, but... <laughs> 
I will say this, and I'll break some news for you, Sal. I know we want to wrap up, but WWE, I mean, I don't know if this is, I'm even allowed to say this, but WWE called me Mm. to participate in a Miz documentary. Oh, there we go. And they asked me to put over Miz. And I said, I did not because I strategically told them, make sure they know they can be as real and say exactly what is on their mind. No, they asked me and I said, I don't know if I feel comfortable putting over Miz for two hours. And then they offered me a significant amount, um, enough money to cover my horribly increasing gambling habit, um, you know, for at least the next few weeks. So ultimately I agreed to it. So, you know, you'll see this quote unquote troll um, putting over Miz like there's no tomorrow. Interesting. WWE documentary coming out. Now, Brian, is your face going to be blurred or did you eventually sign the release? (laughs) No, I I did sign the release for that one. It's the only way the check would clear. So I'm not going to actually watch it, but I did speak in it. So, you know, it's progress. It's okay. All right. That's nice, Miz. See? See, I'm a nice guy. What can I say? <laughs> You're both nice guys. Uh, well, this is great. I'm going to wrap up. This is terrific. Um, Ms. and Mrs. on USA. You got Young Rock uh, on NBC. A few more episodes. That's going to be fun for the Miz and Brian Gewertz. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Now-